All right, we're back in this episode of 101 with CG is brought to you by our favorite producers of ball trimmers, which is Manscaped. Talk about being clean, feeling, and smelling good. The new body wash from Manscaped solves all three for the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine, but in the shower. This body wash has a light woodsy scent and is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. 2023 is the year to up your hygiene game and smell amazing. And Manscaped wants to help you do so with this special offer. Make sure to take care of not only your mental health, but physical too. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WITHCG, W-I-T-H-C-G at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code WITHCG. Happy New Year to every single one of you. And please, let this be one of the biggest New Year's resolutions for yourself with Manscaped. On to the episode, baby. Let's go. back on the podcast and I've been so excited to have this wonderful man join me on the airwaves today. He's an ultra marathon runner that has turned into a breathwork and cold therapy guru. He's currently the founder of Breed Degrees in San Diego, California, and is here with me to cover the most important topic in the world today, which is mental health. Tyler Forbes, welcome onto the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, really appreciate being here to be honest with you. Yeah, I, uh, man. Happy well, to have you on. How are we feeling? How you feel feeling honored. today? How am I feeling today? Come on, dude. I wake up every morning and I just do this, check my pulse. If I got <laughs> one, it's a beautiful day, every single day. I mean, we're in San Diego, brother. Come on. <laughs> there's no better place to be in SoCal. You know, um, you know I wanna, I'm so excited to have you on because I've been looking forward to touching on you know, mental health and the things that have benefited me with the different types of therapy I've been doing with you and that has changed my life. Um, so let's get right into it. I want you to take me through your journey with how you got to where you are today in regards to the cold plunging, the breath work, Wim Hof method stuff. Um, let's just touch on it. All mental health. I want to see, uh, want to know how you got to where you are today. Love it. Love it. Um, listen, um, I actually, ironically enough, fell into, keep in mind, please, I'm my brain, uh, my education, my background. Um, I have a, uh, we'll say some wisdom within the human body, uh, optimization and performance. Uh, a lot of my patients are really, really intensive athletes. So it's, it's, it's kind of a driving force. My career has been a driving force on, on really how to make people better, stronger, faster, more resilient. Um, and so I love the human body. I'm forever, uh, infatuated by, uh, our capacity, every single person's capacity to be able to do whatever they want to be able to do if they just, if they just lean into it. Right. And so, uh, where I really, uh, where I really got into breath work, what was the introduction of breath work for me? It was, it was total happenstance. Uh, if you would have told me that I would have been having this conversation with you 10 years ago, I would have said, you totally got the wrong guy. 
because I'm so research driven, I'm so data driven. Um, if I heard the term breath work, I would have automatically went to a sort of more esoteric or spiritualized kind of practice. And uh, what really, really uh, introduced me to this concept of breath work, I had to actually really seek it out. And how I sought it out was, was I uh, personally myself, uh, my ultimate passion in life is surfing from an activity standpoint. It's what I geek out on. It's my favorite pastime by far and away. Uh, but there's not always waves, especially here in Southern California. So I have to find some other kind of exercise. And the, ex the only exercise that I found that I could tap into and use every single day whenever I wanted to, the lowest threshold. I have three kids. I'm very busy. I've got a very busy practice, a lot of patients was running and the interesting thing about running for me is i actually even to this day i hate it i absolutely de despise running it's it I, i've never stepped into a pair of running shoes and went for a run and was was excited or happy to do so the reason why i loved running is predictably every single time i went for a run i'm a trail runner so every single time i stepped into that pair of shoes when I, when I crossed the biggest threshold, was, which was actually lacing them up and actually putting them on after I procrastinated walking around my house for an hour um, with these damn shoes on. And I eventually went. Um, after the first mile, I realized that there was no other place that I wanted to be. So I just had to get through that first mile, right? I had to get through stepping into the shoes and get through that first mile. Why do I like running? Well, first of all, it's a, it was a disconnect for me. Having three kids and having this really, really busy life, um, I think everyone can appreciate this. We, our brains are completely overwrought with stimulation. There, there's so much information coming from every different angle. Our, our prefrontal cortexes just get overwhelmed. And so um, for me, I could go into running feeling overwhelmed, I could feel fatigued, I could feel not myself out of sorts. And predictably, every single time I got past that first mile, and then I finished the run, I would come out the other side feeling me, exactly the version of me that I always wanted to be. And, and it wouldn't just be short lived, it would last for the entire day, it would even last into the next day. Um, the other thing that really drove me to, to, to running was I would get to a certain place within my run and I would get to this place where I really, all the stuff, all the baggage, all that trash, that mental trash and that, that, uh, dishevelment in my brain, it would completely go away. I would, I would just be there. And ironically enough, you know, all of us have complications in our lives. We're trying to find these these uh, these solutions for, um, and we think about trying to find our way out of these out of these problems or find these solutions. And when I ran, every single time I'd run with a phone, I'd never run with earphones. I'd run with a phone because, predictably, every single time I did, I would get answers to the questions that I'd been asking myself throughout that week they would come to me. It was like divinity. It was, it was crazy. So I, I asked the question why that was, I wanted to figure out why I was, when I was in this state where I was running, 
I would all of a sudden get these, this, this absolute, these, these channels of clarity. And, and so I, I automatically made the assumption that it was the fact that I was breathing and I thought, okay, well, my, my brain is getting now more oxygen. And as a result of the oxygen, somehow I'm lighting up certain centers in my brain. And so I went home and I did the research to try to figure it out. And what I came across is this, 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 uh, the new science is really, uh, is, is really a condition called exercise induced hypofrontality. Okay. So exercise induced hypofrontality, hypofrontality is really your prefrontal cortex, which is the evolved cognitive center of the brain that really has, that contains millions of thoughts, not mm -hmm. just of today, but yesteryear, yesterday, 20 years from now, 20 years, 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. And so it gets, it gets, it gets completely overwhelmed with all this information. And what happens is when you're exercising specifically any kind of exercise that involves a, a systemic long-standing rhythm, rhythmic pattern of continuous breathing, your prefrontal cortex kind of goes dark. So in essence, what you're doing is you're, 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 you're emptying your brain of all of these thoughts. And the thing that's left are, are really the stuff that is relevant. So you're, you're, you're emptying the trash can, you're the proverbial cerebral trash can. And so what's left stuck on your brain is just the information that you want there. And, and really then you get clarity. So it's like washing or, or wiping down a chalkboard that's filled with numbers. Does that make sense? Totally. And so, um, and then I, I came to this realization that really that is probably one of the primary reasons why people exercise, right? Um, be, because when I ask people why they exercise routinely, one of the first things they'll say to me is, is that they feel good. And, and, they, and they don't mean a, their glutes or their quads or their, or their, or their core. Mm -hmm. they, they mean here in their brain. It's what it does for them mentally right. that, that keeps them coming back and engaged in exercise. And so, so I got to the point with running, um, where, where I, I went on this journey of pushing myself farther and farther and farther until eventually I, I did my first ultra. And then after that ultra, I told myself immediately after that, I'd never do another one. Then two weeks later, I signed up for another one and then got to the place point where I was doing hundred mile races. And, and, and that's, that's a different ball of wax. And I'm not telling you that's for everybody. Uh, I do, I do it for different reasons. I do the ultra running is, is really more of a mental game for me. It's, it's really just this challenge of getting really, really uncomfortable. Now I started doing this about 15 years ago, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do it until I'm 90. And that's just a simple fact. Um, because wow. it has defined who I am because it is a big challenge. It is tough mentally and physically. It sucks. It is uncomfortable. It is painful. And you curse yourself the entire time that you're there asking yourself why you were such a moron signing up for this. <laughs> but at the end, when you're finished, there's no glory, there's no happiness, there's no nothing. But what you've done is you've done something that was incredibly challenging. And what that did is translate, translate into the rest of my life in every other endeavor that I take. And it yeah. took away my fear uh, of, of, of going after big things. And so it really was incredibly transformative in terms of my own self-confidence in who I think I am and what I believe that I can do. And so now I consider myself to be a person that doesn't have limits or boundaries. 
And so um, how that translated into how that translated into breath work, um, the challenge is that I'd be from nine o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night at my practice, seeing patients nonstop. I've got a very, very busy, successful practice. And at nine o'clock, I come home and I'm probably not going to go for a 10 mile run. It's just too late. Right. Yeah. So how would I get the same benefit? Because what I didn't want to do, what I would routinely do is I'd come home after my patients and you'd think I'd be tired from working for, for on people for 12 hours a day. But the reality is it was completely opposite. I was, I was elevated way up here. I wasn't brought down low because I was, I was, I was busy the entire day. So my brain was, my brain, my brain needed time to calm down. Yeah. What I didn't want to do is come home, take a shower, eat and sit and watch uh, reruns of Gold Rush or Deadliest Catch for the next three hours. Those are my man soap operas <laughs> and just and mush into it to be able to calm my brain down. So how could I get home and actually get the same benefits of running without actually running? So back in the day, I went on YouTube and I started or not a YouTube and just in general, I went on the Internet, looked for breathing exercises because I knew it was this rhythmic breathing. I uh, tried traditional meditation was not for me in any way, shape or form, uh, sitting in lotus position, trying to think about nothing is just not my speed. Um, and so uh, I came across uh, a podcaster named Lewis House. Uh, he was sitting uh, basically on a uh, he was laying on a couch and I saw this bearded uh, whack, whack job looking guy guiding him through this breathing name Wim Hof. Yep. And I saw, I saw Wim Hof take him through this and he was doing breath work and then he was doing these breath holds. And then Lewis, Lewis House was saying after that he saw eagles and saw all these visuals. And I go, I want to do that. He was holding his breath for two and a half minutes. So yeah. I plugged in my, my plugged in my earphones into my computer and uh, I, I just followed the sequence that he did. And I, it was 11 o'clock at night. And I swear to God, I wanted to phone every single person that I knew and to tell them what I had just done and what I experienced. Right. And I actually did phone a few of my friends. And they're going, what the hell are you calling me for at midnight? I go, dude, you got to try this it's crazy. Right. And, um, so bottom line, I just started to practice from there at that point in time. Uh, started incorporating, uh, you know, going out, coming home, uh, taking a cold spigot from the, from the, my hose outside, out back, uh, yeah. sort of suffering through that and then going in and do the, do the breath work and then, uh, being able to sleep like a baby, uh, by 10 o'clock, you know? And so, uh, I made a normal practice to the point where I bought a, I bought a cold plunge and, and then I obviously, I have a hot tub at my house and started to incorporate the breath work, the cold plunge, the hot tub. And, and just realized what a profound impact it had on myself uh, personally and realized um, that, that, that this was something that people had to have access to. And then I went to my first Wim Hof event uh, many years ago in Los Angeles, brought three of my uh, total uh, very square corporate America friends that were very high level VPs of very big companies. Um, and, uh, they, they thought I was a whack job for trying to bring them up to this Wim Hof thing. And I said, trust me, dude, like, if you guys don't like this, I'm going to take you to Nobu after. And <laughs> I know, I don't know if you've been to Nobu or not, but it's, you know, it, for four guys that can eat, it's a $2,000 bill. So I was, yeah. I was going, damn, I got the whims got to, whims got to, whims got to, whims got to grind these guys out. Right. So I went there expecting there'd be like 50 people. There ended up being 500 people. Oh, no um, doubt. No doubt. And so, so there's 500 people in this big hangar. We're all breathing together. And the biggest thing that he did uh, is when we started the breath work, he played Dark Side of the Moon. 
and I was going, let's go. <laughs> and because I couldn't believe that you could do breath work to like cool music, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I got up after and uh i was I, it was just it was such it was a transcendental experience for me and after i was sitting there in total you know in that sort of we'll call it in the ether when i finally arose um i i got up and i went over and hugged whim i go breathe motherfucker <laughs> you know um and then i come back to my friends and i'm going i wonder how my friends did and yeah. so i look at them and all three two of them are crying they're bawling hysterically and wow. keep in mind, this is this is a senior VP at Illumina. This is a senior VP at Qualcomm. Right. These are people that are not the type of people that you would ever, 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 ever expect to do this kind of practice and have an impact. They they're resistant to it, right? right. And they're they're bawling, and I'm going, "Are you okay?" And they're going, "Oh my God, I feel I feel amazing, dude. I don't know why I'm crying. I just I really." And so it was just a beautiful release for them. Mm -hmm. And um, the, I think that the 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 reason why I am where I am today doing what I'm doing on the mission that our brand is on is because, you know, I'll be honest, we live in Southern California and most of us, unfortunately, I'm from Canada. We don't live in echo chambers as much up there, but here people live in echo chambers. And when we got to this, this hangar, you had people of all different categories. You had your athletes, you had your yogis, you had the weird Kung Fu karate people, you had older people, younger people. You just had a very diverse mix of people. And beside me, before we started the breath work, I found myself doing the the proverbial eye roll because I had this, what I thought, what I'm going to tell you is a weird Kung Fu guy doing like martial arts stuff right beside me on the mat. And I kind of went, Oh gosh, of course I have to be beside this guy. Right. So I was judging him. I'll be honest with you. I was yeah. judging him. I was, yeah. I was critiquing him. And, um, uh, by the end of the breath work, we got up and, and I started talking to him and I realized he was one of the coolest human beings ever. Mm -hmm. And so I had misrepresented what this person was just by actually like him being the way that he was, that he was different from me, but he wasn't different from me at all. He was exactly like me. He yeah. just did different stuff that I didn't do. Does that make sense? And yeah. so, and then after everyone got into the cold plunge together and it was this really driving force where, you know, you, you needed this incredible solidarity and, you know, I already been doing the cold plunges. So for me, it was, it was actually quite easy, but everyone else was terrified. They were, you know, people were shivering before they got in, they panicked when they got in, but then, you know, you had this, 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 this sort of group sort of dynamics, almost like you were going in a, as a team and, and everyone was there supporting everyone else and no one wanted to get out because all these other people were in there. And then once you got out, there was this total elation. And by the end of it, you had this, you, you were with 500 people that you felt like you could turn to anybody and talk to them like they, you, they were a friend of yours for, for months or years. And so when we were driving back, my friends were going, so what do we do next? Like, where are we, how, how do we do this again? And, and, and what are we going to do? Wait for Wim Hof to come. So that was, that was the genesis of this, this company that we're in right now called Breathe Degrees. And so we, it's a boutique fitness brand where um, for all intents and purposes, it's all centric towards uh, breath work, um, cold therapy, obviously cold plunge that you get into uh, hot plunge and sauna. And it's uh, what we're trying to do is make breathing breath work, um, uh, cold, hot. We're trying to make them cool again. 
we're trying to take some of the spiritualized wonkiness out of it and make it scientific driven, but very experiential in terms of it being a really cool, happy, communal, super cool community, as you've noticed. I mean, you probably noticed the people uh, at, that come in there, just really jivey, really cool people. So you get to meet people exactly what they are or exactly who they are, not what they do. And so no one talks about what they do. It's almost like a fight club, right? And so uh, you just come in and you, it gives you an opportunity to shed who you are in the outside world. And my vision was always getting the CEO, okay? After they do the breath work, after they do the cold plunge, the CEO is sitting beside the plumber in the hot tub. And they're talking about what they experienced during the, in the breath work, what they saw, what they felt, why they come, how often they come, how, how they manage the cold. And they start talking and one says, oh yeah, after this, I'm going surfing. And the plumber says to the CEO, I surf too. And now all of a sudden they're surfing together. And why can't the CEO and the plumber be the best friends? I love Does that. that. Absolutely. You know, in our, in our society, we live in these ridiculous, in these, in these states where CEOs hang out with CEOs, plumbers hang out with plumbers, right. uh, engineers hang out with engineers. And, and it's, it's, it's insane because you're, you're, you're limiting yourself to, you know, at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to make you happy is people. And so we're, we're trying to, our, 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 our projection is using our own bodies, our breath, our ability to manage our nervous system. All these things are very Thing that are, are based on really, really intensively deep science. Every single portion of the practice can be explained like at really high levels, NIH, PubMed, Journals of Cell, Nature Science, all the way up to no, the Nobel Prize. And so every single part can be explained, but you go through this experience that's your experience that allows you to kind of shed and break through uh, some of these things you thought you couldn't do and also allow you to eradicate some of these thoughts that you really you know, that, that put, push people into these sensations of feeling overwhelmed or feeling anxious or feeling depressed when in all actuality, a lot of these conditions are fabricated in your own mind. And, and the way, the direction that uh, medicine is going right now is everything is based on finding solution through pharmaceuticals. Um, the reality is that our bodies have this enormous and keep in mind, please, half my half my family are medical doctors. 50 percent of my friends are medical doctors as well. And they all agree, uh, you know, we're going in this direction. So I'm not kiboshing medicine, but we have to find solutions internally first within our own bodies and understand why we're feeling what we're feeling before you just start popping pills and taking stuff that have some right. very negative consequences. And so the mission of it is really to bring connectedness, not just to your body, to, to also um, to other people, but also allow you to be able to understand that there are no limitations and that no one is better or worse than anybody else. It's just a matter of the habits that you do. Superheroes are created not by what's going on most of the time biologically within a person. It's superhumans become superhumans because they have superhuman habits, if that makes sense. And they understand how to regulate their own, their, their, their thoughts, their minds, their perceptions, and be able to control their nervous system. Right. And this is the best medicine for you. I believe, and not a lot of people are talking about it. So that's why I wanted to talk about it with you today. It yeah. has it has completely changed my life, Tyler. All I've been wanting to do is just focus on myself and how I can better myself and my well-being. And yes. meeting you and, and coming and doing the cold plunging, the breath work has completely flipped my world upside down in a positive way. And what you were touching on is the fact that everyone's on the same mission. It's a strong community, a strong family of wanting to better themselves. 
And it doesn't matter who you are. No one knows who the hell I am when I walk in there. And even when I met you, I thought you were maybe just the instructor over there. We're high-fiving each other. We're getting each other going. And then I later learned that you're the, the founder of the place. And I thought that was great. But, you know, I really want to touch on right now is the benefits of cold plunging. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of benefits, right? What could, people, uh, what could people expect if they fit cold plunging to their routine? What would they see come out of it for their well-being? Um, this is such a good one. Um, it's an amazing, well, first of all, I want you to know that cold is the ultimate teacher. And, and I, I'm, I'm not saying this, uh, in any way, shape or form to, to, to Jersey pop in any way. I, I, I don't want that to be the case. Um, but, but I understand the deep science of cold. Um, I think in singularity, people are talking about cold. Uh, cold has become the new hot, right? You're seeing now, you know, a lot of people, whether it's the Hubermans, the Rhonda Patricks, the, you know, there's celebrities and Ben Greenfields and everyone's, everyone on the moon's doing cold, right? Joe Rogan. Um, but unfortunately, they're, 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 I don't want to say they're missing the point. Um, Wim obviously proved so much out on the cold because he was one of the first person, people that was actually clinically researched in terms of the benefits of the cold, like really right. what was happening with the cold and why he was able to uh, achieve what people thought were, 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 were really, uh, was, was almost the impossible. And it's, it's just not impossible at all, to be honest with you. In fact, everyone could be whim. And that's what everyone loves about Wim is that he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, I think people give him this guru status, um, but that's not something that he necessarily wants himself. Uh, he wants to teach other people that everyone else can do the same thing. So um, there's, there's many touch points on cold and I'm going to go through them with you sequentially um, starting from what I think to be the least important to probably some of the most important parts okay. of the cold. Um, conventionally, uh, you know, certainly I grew up with this as well. And if you're an athlete or you follow athletes, uh, cold was really brought into sort of uh, into collective consciousness through athletes, right? Redu reducing inflammation. And, and that is an important part of, of, of cold immersion or taking an ice bath is reduction in inflammation. And what's actually happening physiologically, your body has this innate response to cold and everyone has it the same way. Just so you're aware, like no one's body is any different in this regard. Your body is going to respond the same way each and every single time. Um, so what happens as soon as you get into the cold, and this is the reason why people use it for anti-inflammatory, when you get into the cold, your circulatory system has this, has this very, very, very uh, fast response to the cold to protect itself. And that response is you get this enormous amounts of vasoconstriction in your extremities. And vasoconstriction is really re your vascular system narrows. Your arteries specifically become very small. And, and, and the reason why they become small is, is, is really to, to shunt all of the warm blood back to the core of your body to protect because your body's afraid, your body realizes if it's in cold too long, then you're going to die. And so what it wants to protect are your vital organs. So in essence, the arteries in your legs, your arms, and ironically the head, um, they, they become small. They go into a process called this vasoconstriction. And what that does is it really in essence pushes or pulls all of the warm blood in your core to protect your heart, your liver, your pancreas, your spleen, all of these vital organs that are required to sustain life. 
um, think about it. You see someone climbing up Mount Everest and you hear the horror stories about someone that gets stuck in the middle of an icy storm and, and they get frostbite. Has anyone ever died of frostbite of the liver, of the heart, of the pancreas? No, they always lose a toe. They lose an ear. They lose a nose. Uh, they, they lose, they lose extremities um, because those are not really necessary for life. And so, so what you get, as soon as you get into the cold is you get vasoconstriction in your extremities, then you get vasodilation in your core to keep all that warm blood in there. So as soon as you drop in, that is the first response that happens and why that plays a huge role in anti-inflammatory effects and, and pain post-exercise and, and, and stuff and recovery is, is, is really one of the reasons why people have pain is because of inflammation and inflammation for all intents and purposes is based on the circulatory system. So, so you're, you're really shunting and removing all that excess inflammation. Consider it like a giant fluid Advil. Okay. So it's a very strong Advil. It's a good way of putting it. So, um, so, so that's, that's, that's the primary reason that people do cold and that's what they've been educated on why they should do cold. That's, that's 10 years ago. What we're starting to see now uh, is, is, is the real science. So the way that I describe the cold, um, I'm going to, I'm going to list, I'm going to list the most important things. Um, uh, cold is resistance. Cold is fear. Cold is something that you don't want to do. Cold is something that everyone universally hates. I can sit in the cold water for a very, 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 very long time. And I'm going to tell you, I look at stepping into the cold like I do my running shoes or a piece of dog shit. And I look at them and I don't know which one I'd rather step in. Because I know predictably what I'm going to feel. It's going to be uncomfortable. I know it's going to be incredibly uncomfortable. And... I always choose the cold because because really it's this huge mental obstacle. It's the same reason why I run ultra marathons, right? I don't like it, but I know that once I'm in there, once I settle down, once I once I let go and just and just do it, like I'm going to come out every single time predictably exactly the person that I want to be physically and mentally. Okay. So the way that I like to describe it is cold becomes, and this is to your point on, on anxiety and depression and these conditions that, 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 that sort of uh, plague our culture across the board. I mean, you're, you're going to find more people that feel anxious and depressed than you will that, that feel the opposite. It's it. And it's a Western thing. That's the ironic part about it. It's it's a first world problem, okay? Because we have access to too much and we use our bodies too little. Yep. Okay. And so what the cold really is, in essence, it's a stress inoculation. It's a stress vaccine. This is the story that I like to tell every single person. Um, stress, like what we're on a mission to do is getting people to understand that I'm going to say this and a lot of listeners are going to, are, are going to uh, uh, sort of think that I'm crazy. I'm going to tell you that every single person loves stress, that you can't be happy, that you can't be strong without stress, mind and body. 
that we've been classically conditioned into thinking that stress is is this dot on our nervous system but it's not stress is where you are in time and space in your nervous system and that ever no one thought that they had control of their nervous system that they were just sort of they were they were hanging on the coattails and the nervous system dictated how you were going to feel in time and space and and so we're on this mission to have people recognize and understand that stress is a rope it's got a low end and a high end and if no stress, which which we've been conditioned into thinking no stress is good for us, if no stress was good for you, and it is, by the way, when you sleep, because that's where your body rejuvenates, recovers, and restores. It's a really important time in your in your in your 24-hour cycle where your body rebuilds itself, your mind reboots. Okay. So you need no stress when you're asleep. But if no stress was good for you during the waking hours, you could get out of bed and go sit on your couch all day and do nothing and get up and go yes oh my god i feel freaking so incredible this is amazing you'd right. want to sit on the couch all day i'm going to tell you it's never happened before right when you if you do that have you done that before we all have at some point of course but and it doesn't matter right miserable yeah it's freaking brutal right like you can have a great sleep get up sit on the couch all day and i can tell you you're going to start to feel you're going to start to feel low energy you're going to start to feel tired you're going to start to feel sick right. confidence goes down you feel depressed okay sluggish and sluggish and, and 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 you just don't want then you end up not wanting to do anything right and so so on the other side of your nervous system where people put that word stress is fight flight freeze that's where your nervous system is geared redlined all the way up Okay, it's designed to really, in essence, get you away from a pack of wild wolves or or swim away from a white shark, right? I mean, something that's going to threaten you, your life, your very life. And you're not supposed to be there too long. If you're there too long, you start feeling the sensations of feeling overwhelmed. And I believe that a lot of anxiety and depression really are incubated if you're if you're in that higher level of your nervous system too long. Where we want to be during most of the day is in the middle of our nervous system. Now, science will call that middle portion of our nervous system um, the hormetic zone. It's called eustress, good stress, stress that's good for you, hormesis, okay? This middle section of your nervous system is when your nervous system is elevated. It's not too high, it's not too low, it's just right, it's perfect, it's moderation. This is where confidence comes from. This is where strength comes from. This is where mm -hmm. resilience comes from. This is where happiness is born. Right. This is where you feel fulfilled. And I'm going to tell you, and a lot of people, a lot of athletes will appreciate this. This is where athletes drop into the zone. The zone is meditation. The zone is just active meditation because we're on a mission also to rebrand this idea of what meditation actually is because there's not a doctor on the planet that will tell you that 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 you shouldn't have a daily meditation or mindfulness practice it's not going to happen because the data is just too deep it's too strong we know the benefits of it but no one is meditating we think everyone's meditating because you see all the magazines you see these celebrities you look on instagram and everyone's sitting cross-legged in logos position i'm here to tell you that i know the stats 14% of all Americans have tried meditation, tried. How many are doing it on a regular day, day in, day out basis? If we're at two to 3%, we're winning the war. We're trying to rebrand this idea of what meditation is. Meditation is anything that puts you in the here and the now. It connects you to the present moment. You're not thinking about past failures or future consequences. You're just doing what you're doing. Exactly. Therefore, it is biking, hiking in the woods, 
running, swimming, kiteboarding, surfing, snowboarding, playing hockey, football, whatever. Okay. These are all forms of meditation. Okay. It's, 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 you know, these incredible athletes, um, you've heard this by announcers, right? They say they're slowing it down. Oh, look at, look, he's dropping back and he's, see how he just slowed things down. Tom Brady, Alex Honnold, uh, Connor McDavid, like, how are they able to perform under these enormous, uh, under, under chaotic situations, but remain calm? They're meditating. They're just right. there they're not thinking about failures. They're not thinking about consequences. They're just doing what they're doing. And so if they're doing what they do, and they've done it a million times before, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, the zone and meditation, it's the same damn thing. It's just different forms. We've got to get people to understand that meditation is, 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 it comes in many different forms. And that's what your body, that's where your body wants to be most of the time. But unfortunately, um, and the thing, by the way, just so you know, to validate uh, this whole stress concept, coming back to that, um, if you don't believe that you like stress, I'm calling every single one of the viewers out right now. I'm calling them out. You hear that, guys? Listen to me on this. Every if you do you like exercise, because if you like exercise, every single form of exercise that you do, this is clinical. It's just research. Every single form of exercise you do is a form of stress, whether it's walking, whether it doesn't matter what it is, it's a form of stress. And you notice the more you do, the better you feel. And here's the reason why, because when you exercise, what do you need to do? You need to breathe. The more you exercise, the harder you do, the better you feel because the more you have to actually breathe. And we live in a culture and a society now, you got to understand, we come from a place where we used to be hunters and gatherers. We're so evolved that we forgot that we're animals. Okay. And now we live in this place where no one really does anything anymore between computer jobs, between um, uh, bird scooters and electric bikes, which by the way, are not bikes. It's a moped with pedals. Take the pedals off already for crying out loud. It's just, it's, it's a show, right? <laughs> we make lives. We, our lives are so easy that we forgot to use our breath. We forgot. We breathe to survive. We take these little tiny sips and the implications that oxygen has on your body, not just for its ability to achieve physically, but what its benefits are for you neurochemically are astronomical, what it can do to the actual chemistry of your body. Everyone's chasing alkalinity, right? They want alkaline supplements, alkaline foods, alkaline waters. People are spending 10 bucks for an alkaline water. Well, here's news. Here's a, here's a news flash. There's not one single published study that will actually shows that anything that you take, anything you ingest that's alkaline will change your blood chemistry. The only thing, the only way we currently know that your body can become more alkaline and we do, you want to be on the high side, high side of the spectrum and be on the higher side of alkalinity is breathing, which is exercise. And so oxygen happens to be this incredible magical molecule that can literally transform how you feel physically, neurochemically, but also really be able to control your state, your perception of what it is you're doing, how to stay calm under pressure. So when we're getting back to the cold, sorry, I diver diverted there a little bit. Um, it's a stress inoculation and a stress vaccine. And it's this barrier, it's this fear. And, um, and it's, the cold is actually a breathing practice. Because if you want to really tap into your real greatness, if you want to be able to perform at levels that 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 you look at your heroes performing at 
I'll tell you the difference between them and us. There's two things that are different, different, the difference between the real superheroes and the rest of the population. Number one, first one, they do consistently hard things. Every single day they wake up, they do something that scares them. Even if it's just a little, they do things that they don't want to do. They have discipline, but they do hard things and they're consistent in that process. But the other thing they're able to do is stay calm under really intensive situations. And this is the beautiful thing about cold. Cold, um, literally, as soon as you step into it, is so you know this, when you, when you sit in it, how do you feel? You want to jump out immediately. That's your innate. Your innate tells you that you want to pop out of that cold as quickly as possible because it does not feel good. It shocks your nervous system. It puts you into that position of fight, fight, freeze, and you want to get out immediately. But you make a choice at that point. You've already made the choice to get in. And what we do is we now know scientifically that you control your nervous system, okay, where you are in time and space by the way you're breathing. So if you breathe really intensively, you can jack your nervous system, bring yourself up and bring you into this area, this beautiful area of your nervous system that I like to call this hormesis that's excite and delight, or you can slow and bring your nervous system down if it's too high and bring yourself into this calmness, even in the midst of this absolute chaos and the cold represents total chaos. So it's breathe instead. Most people, when they get into the cold, if they just do it innately, how do people breathe? <laughs> they freak out. They breathe super fast, hyperventilate. Really, really just circular breathing, the hyperventilate. And what it does is it, it pushes their nervous system even farther. And that, 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 that pushes them to want to get out. Now, what people are understanding, we're teaching people is drop in, take two deep breaths in through your mouth, now breathe through the nose. Here's the science. Every inhalation you take, every single inhalation, whether it's through your mouth or your nose, it doesn't matter. Every inhalation you take is a sympathetic event. It elevates your nervous system. Every exhalation you take is a parasympathetic event. It lowers your nervous system. And so what we, what we get people to do is the, the, the cold becomes this beautiful teacher of teaching you how to stay calm under really intensive situations. So relaxing into it, settling into it. And it is really in essence, that breath that really brings the norepinephrine. Norepinephrine, just so you know, is adrenaline in your brain. Mm -hmm. You have two different types of adrenaline. You have adrenaline in your brain, you have adrenaline in your body. And by the way, they don't mix. Yeah. So the adrenaline in your body can't go into the brain. The adrenaline in the brain can't go into the body, but they chat with each other over FaceTime. And if your brain is thinking it's stressed, then guess what the body's going to do? It's going to respond to that stress. And now your body's going to be stressed, even though there's nothing threatening. it. Conversely speaking, if your body's all tight like this, then your brain starts to think it should be stressed too. So um, really, in essence, the cold is this capacity to be able to stay super calm, stay with those really slow, long, deep exhales, and, and then surrender to it, let go, stop fighting, stop fighting life. Because we live, we have such an incredible life. We're surrounded by everything we could possibly want. We're, we have everything at our fingertips. Very few things are gonna threaten your life or, you, or endanger you, yet we're miserable. And we complain and we don't even see the ocean and the palm trees and the waves and the sunset. We completely ignore it because we're we're completely focusing in perceptively on all these negative things. But we have control over that 
and how you control yourself is settle into it. You control your nervous system. And the only way we know scientifically that you can do natural, you can naturally control your nervous system is the way you breathe. Does that make sense? And that's where the real science is going. And I think that is going to be the next gen of fitness. It's going to be the next gen of performance. And you already see it now. You see it with Laird Hamilton. You see it with all these golfers. You see it with a ton of other athletes that are performing at levels that we never thought humanly possible. If we compared them to what they were doing 10 years ago, the games, all the games have totally changed. And what really greatness is, is because you make really, really shitty decisions when your nervous system is elevated. And so the reason why these people are really are, are amazing at what they're doing is they're staying calm under pressure. It can be the Navy SEAL. You can put it under any sort of thing whatsoever. So as soon as you jump into the cold, here's the science of it. You jump in the cold, your norepinephrine levels, that the adrenaline levels in your brain, it goes up 530% immediately. So it, it you, you go into that fight, flight, freeze mode, right? What also goes up within the first minute or so is dopamine. Dopamine goes up 250%. So when we take people to through the studio and you go into this, this group, this group cold plunge, it's usually three minutes because you get a lot of the benefits, the neuro benefits within the first three minutes. You get some anti-inflammatory benefits. You get metabolism benefits. There's a bunch of other things that I'll talk about in a second. But, but really, I want you to understand what those numbers are in context. When I say 530% and 250%, 530% of norepinephrine, 250% of dopamine, those numbers are only seen when you when when uh, you bungee jump or you skydive for the very first time, something really intensive. Right. Uh, you drop into a 100-foot wave. You, you, you Not there's a 100-foot wave, but you drop into a 50-foot wave. Right. They're, they're on the search, the prowl right now for a 100-foot wave, Nazarene wave. And so, um, so... This is the this is the genesis of the adrenaline junkie. They're chasing these chemistries. The the challenge with bungee jumping, skydiving, surfing, any extreme sport is people always push the envelope and go farther because if you go skydiving, you skydive five times, you feel less of a rush the the fifth time than you did the first time. So then you start doing then you start doing uh, base jumping. And then base jumping becomes boring. Then you get into flight suit stuff. Then you then you start trying to find crazier stuff to get back to where you were. You're trying to chase that chemistry. The cold gives you the, that chemistry each and every single time you go in. No one ever gets good at it. The only thing they get good at is not responding to it. So I want you to think about the applications in terms of the profound difference that could make on your life. Because really, in essence, it's this ability to find your breath, slow it down, don't talk, close your eyes, relax, don't respond, don't say a word, and then find calmness even in the chaos and then do what you're going to do. So think about your performance levels. So this is this is this brain awareness thing, right? Um, so, so the stress inoculation, that anxiety, that, that, that fear, if you can, I want you to think about a life, living a life with very little to no fears. What would you be? What would you do? What would your limits be? So, so that's why this becomes such a beautiful practice because every single time you fear it, you go in, but you fear it less and less. And the people that are good at it, it's not because they're good because they habituate it. They're good at it because they don't respond to it. Now, if we could get better at responding to life differently, if we could get better at responding to situations that we're in differently in relation to conflict resolution or in, in, in events that we encounter every single day that, that push our nervous in this place where we, we feel unhappiness, we feel anxiety, we feel depression. Yeah. Um, 
it would be a game changer. Now, when you put these two chemistries together, this norepinephrine, the dopamine, here's the interesting thing. And I'm, this is my roundabout way of coming back to the question that, that you asked me many, many minutes ago. And I'm sorry for pontificating. Norepinephrine and dopamine, when you put them together, most ADHD medications, most uh, antidepressive medications, and a lot of anti-anxiety medications are norogenic and dopamine reuptake inhibitors, which means that your brain, you have a CVS right here, right? It's always producing nor norepinephrine. It's always producing dopamine, but it's super stingy with it, which means it produces it and then it takes it right back up right away. And so what these medications do is you take these antidepressive, these ADHD, anti-ADHD and anti-anxiety medications, and they allow norepinephrine and dopamine to stay in your system longer. Well, the beautiful thing about this, and you can hopefully attest to this, um, you do a cold plunge, you feel like you walk out, you could do anything. You could break through walls. You yep. come in upset, angry. You come in tired. You feel fatigued, sore out of sorts, and you walk out and you feel that perfect version of yourself because, again, this chemical release that you actually physically get, and it's natural. You don't need drugs. You don't need alcohol. And by the way, the dopamine that 250% increase. Recreational drugs like cocaine increase your dopamine levels 220%. This cold will increase your dopamine 250 and it'll last for three hours. So that's three hours of happiness, guaranteed unequivocally, and it will change the rest of your behaviors. Because what we found, we know this, one good behavior leads to a bigger, better behavior, which leads to a bigger, more challenging behavior, which leads to, in essence, these superhuman habits. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I want to jump in real quick. I don't think people really understand that they could have full control over their anxiety, their depression, yes, yes. their nervous system, yes, dopamine. Yes. There are there are people out there that rely on drugs and alcohol and and, and many other things. There's plenty of drugs that that people are taking Tons. right now. Tons. Right. Tons. I don't think people really know that this natural and organic way of therapy can really benefit them. You just talked about antidepressants. People are on them, right? Yeah. Yep. You don't have to take them. You won't have to take them if you're consistent. If you're consistent every day doing it, that's what that's what I hear, right? Yes. Here's here's what you have to be consistent in. See, again, we have this afforded luxury living in the culture, living in the society that we do, and and um, I'm sorry, I'm not suggesting that these conditions don't exist in third world countries, but they're more pervasive in our countries. Now, the medical profession would say, well, there's a better sense of awareness of it. No, that's not necessarily true. See, I think we're really behind in, 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 in our even just a global understanding of how our bodies even work. Like, I'm going to put things into context here really quickly. And I know I'm sorry, I don't want to, I don't want to hijack you on this, but um, there's a guy that comes into, into our studio. He's a very famous neuroscientist. Um, how about this? Dr. Huberman looks up to this guy. Uh, he's a Harvard educated medical doctor and a Harvard PhD neuroscientist. And he is a keynote lecturer on in, in many of these uh, forms. So he basically knows the neuroscientist community is a very small community. And um, when we started doing what we were doing, he came up to me. I had no idea who he was. 
um, he came up to me and he said, I'd like to take you out for lunch. And I said, fine. I didn't know what it was about. He goes, you're talking about some interesting stuff. And I think I could, I could help you explain some things. Um, but it's super intriguing what you're doing. Um, and so he explains to me that he's this neuroscientist. Instead of going the route of the traditional neuroscientist and going to academia, he went into the public sector and has, he's, he's working on his third publicly traded company. So he asked me um, a point blank. He said, how much do you think we know about the human brain? So the way that he opened with that question. So for me, um, knowing his background, I knew the way he asked it. Um, I knew that it was a lot lower than I thought it was. But in my mind, I was thinking 20% because I understand the physiology. I understand we know the neurochemistry. We know a bunch of stuff. We've got dynamic MRIs. We do brain surgeries all the time. So I'm thinking 20%, right? But I know the way he asked it that I was over and I didn't want to be that guy that was going to give too high of an answer. So it was like one of these cat and mouse games that I was playing inside my, my own mind. So I lowered it down to 10%. I halved it. And he looked at me and he laughed and he said, that's what all of you guys think. We laugh at you guys. We estimate in the neuroscientist community that we know approximately 0.001% of what's going on in the human brain. We know 0.001% on what's going on in the human brain. These are the people that are the researchers. These are the people that are studying this on a regular basis, 0.001. He says, of course, I know what you were thinking. You're thinking about the anatomy, the neurochemistry, all these you know, advances in technology that we've seen, all these ways of being able to study it. But understand that there are billions of neurons that are communicating with each other in a language that we have no idea what they're saying. He goes, that will either scare you tremendously or hopefully give you a tremendous amount of excitement. What I'm basically telling you is that we know nothing. So even with all the pharmacology, even with all the drugs that are being uh, done uh, and being taken, we know nothing about what's going on. And this is an incredibly exciting thing because I think that in the future, we're going to find our way we're going to find the way back to how we felt well, healthy, and good about ourselves like we did before, before all the emergence of all the technology, before um, sitting at computers. We already know the science of sitting and the detrimental impacts. Sitting is the new smoking. Uh, it bends your telomeres. It warps your, well, it warps your telomeres. There's cellular age. There's there's, there's a chronological age. You can be in a 25-year-old body and have chromosomes that will look like your chromosomes look like they're 65. And you can be a 65-year-old that has chromosomes that make you look like you're 25. There's a cellular age. So and we're, we're starting to understand the human body. And what we're starting to understand is that we have to use it. It's like that, it's like that old classic car that you have sitting in your garage. If you don't drive it, and I have one, by the way. It's a 1965 Lincoln Continental. It's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. But I can tell you this, that it runs like crap because the problem is it's beautiful, but I never drive the damn thing because it's 90 feet long and, and it's a pain in the ass to take out. And when I drive it once every three months, it runs like crap. How are we expecting to feel good in our minds, in our bodies, if we don't use our bodies and our minds and we don't feed them with the proper oxygen 
and get everything to light up the way that it's supposed to. And really that's, that's the essence of, you know, the messaging that I'm going to give to every single person is that I seriously don't believe in aging, not in the conventional way. We have to stop listening to old fat white doctors who smoke telling us that we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. Oh, you're getting to the age. You should stop doing that. No, I'm 53 years old. And I can tell you, I do crazy stuff. I am crazy. Do you understand? I am crazy. I'm crazy about life. Yeah. I think crazy is not using your body. I think crazy is not challenging yourself. I think crazy is sitting there on the couch waiting for good things to happen, waiting for happiness to happen right. just without doing any effort. Right. That's what I think crazy is. I'm crazy about living. I'm crazy about pushing myself. I'm crazy about seeing what it is that is possible because I'm, I'm going to tell you I fail every single day and I strive for failure. If I'm not failing, then I'm not trying. Okay. And so I feel our message that we want to get across with this brand is this idea of really challenging yourself physically, mentally, socially, getting out there, being yourself. Stop worrying what everyone else thinks. Don't be so arrogant. They're not thinking about you. Do you, okay, and make yourself well because you are you hold really in essence the chalice that contains your own health happiness and strength it's we're byproducts of what we do or don't do so if you don't do anything why are you expecting to get results if you don't save money do you expect a full bank account when you retire so why are we expecting health is just going to come just by luck or genetics we already know that's not true does that make sense and yeah. so if you want to be young, if you want to be healthy, this idea of hitting 40 years old and all of a sudden you get old, it's a bunch of crap. Okay. It's a bunch of crap. Tom Brady's proving that out. There's a bunch of other very, very incredible athletes that are performing at super high levels. Okay. You're a hockey guy. Okay. Look at Yarmo Yager. Okay. That dude's still crushing it. Gordy Howe played until he uh, lived professionally until I think he was 55 or 60 years yeah. old. Crazy. Okay. You yeah. go across the spectrum and see these old people, these Ironman triathletes, the, the best age range is in the 40s. Okay. It's not in the 20s. So, so what, what happens is, is we have to all wake up, wake up and start challenging yourself. Because I can tell you, if you think you're going to get confidence sitting warm and cozy on the couch, if you think your mind is going to get stronger, if you think your body's going to get stronger by doing nothing, you are you're you might as well get out the shovel and start digging your hole because you are goner yeah i agree i think it's 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 uh, for a lot of people i think it's the people don't want to get out of their comfort zone they just don't want to do it you have to be willing to go after this you have to be willing to move forward and do these things to benefit your well-being and i'm so passionate about it. i got the podcast i'm passionate about but it's my well-being too and i'm all fucking locked in right now with you man it's been so fun it's it's helped me so much the reboot the reset of going to cold plunge and do the breath work the wim hof method has changed my life incredibly to where my energy is beautiful and people feel it when they're around you sure they, they want to be around healthy people you have to i feel like this is this is something big you have to surround yourself with the right people that will believe in you that will love you unconditionally always right the way you eat your diet hydrating sleep cold plunge breath work therapy 
all this stuff is going to change your world upside down in a positive way. And it has for me. And, and I get, I'm going to, I'm going to add one other thing in there. Sure. Which is super important. Surround yourself by people that push themselves and push you out of your comfort zone. Because yes. if you can find comfort in discomfort, you will own the world. You will own your mind. You will own your perceptions. You will own your health. You will own everything that you've ever wanted before. Everything that you've ever wanted before is on the other side of discomfort. Okay. Right. Discomfort are, are these discomfort is most of the time like fear. It's an illusion. It's this narrative that you're creating in your mind that you can't, that you shouldn't, that it's not good, that, that you're not going to be able to do enough. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. No. Okay. Discomfort is something that you need to tap into every single day. I, ironically enough, I'm sitting here on this podcast. Um, what you don't know about me um, is that I'm kind of a very introverted person, super introverted. So you see me in class. Would you know that I'm an introverted person? No. No. Completely nope. introverted. Ask my wife. Ask my family. Ask my family. I don't, I, I socially, you know, I'm around people all day long. But what, 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 what's, what's happened because of my profession, now this breathe thing, you know, I'm around people all the time. I'm never comfortable. I'm never going, this is my place. This is what I love is teaching. Right. What I love is educating. But but in terms of me being this crazy social butterfly, that's not true. You never know that because I'm leaning in because I know that that's something that you get better with. It's public speaking. Find me a person. Is it easy for you to sit there and do podcasts? If you're good at it and you're passionate about it, absolutely. Okay. But was it something that you did and you <laughs> and the first time you did a podcast, you said, oh, this no. is going to be super easy and you just rolled into it? Absolutely not. No, I, I was fucking really nervous. When I first yes. started, right? And uh, yep. but as you go consistently, you get better and you feel more comfortable, right? Consistency. You have to get out of your comfort zone, though. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed between this podcast and the any of the previous podcasts. Your first pod. Nothing's right. changed. Right. Everything's the same. The only thing that's changed is the fact that you didn't stop, that you kept pushing forward, and that 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 every single failure that you hit led to your success. And, 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 and right. we have to live life like that every single moment of every single day, because it's a gift. It is. And, and, and listen, the biggest challenge that people face, I think, is that they have this idea that money makes them happy, but I'm going to tell you that you make you happy. I know right. to wait, you have no idea how many poor people I know. You have no idea how many poor people I know. And the only thing they have is money. And so if you don't start getting out there and living, you don't start getting out there and finding real happiness within yourself because, you know, this anxiety, depression, listen, and I'm not undermining people that are in deep depression or have intensive yeah. anxiety, intensive medical condition. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you to get off drugs. I'm just saying you, you have to rethink your existence. You have to rethink what it is that you're doing. If you're not good at something, then that's something you should do. If you feel like, if you feel like um, you're not gifted in a certain way, then actually do the things. Don't stop doing the things you're good at and start doing the things that you're not good at. Yeah. Start doing the things that make you uncomfortable because on the other side of discomfort, on the other side of fear, 
is actually you. A bigger, a stronger, a more capable, more resilient version of you. And you cannot, under any circumstances, become that person without going into that zone. And that's why they call it the growth zone, right? They call it the growth zone because you don't, we're not made to shrink, we're made to expand. We're designed really to push the envelope, push, push our experience so we get better through time, through doing hard things, not worrying about consequences and failure, adapting to failure, realizing that failure is the only real true path to success. Does that make sense? Yes. So anyways, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful practice, increases brown fat, cold plunging, increases metabolism 350%. Uh, if you do it habitually throughout the course of the week, you start to develop something called BAT, which is uh, brown adipose tissue, uh, brown fat activation. Uh, brown fat is something we thought that we lost uh, when every baby's born with it, but then they lose it. And the reason why we lose it is because we found this out just recently. Um, we thought maybe it was just this bioevolutionary process of brown fat just leaving. Um, babies are born with it because they have no motor skills. And when you swaddle a baby up at night and you, you cover them up, um, they, they have brown fat because if they roll around the blanket comes off, they could freeze to death, right? So around your organs, you get all this brown fat. And what happens is if they become unswaddled, they become cold. This brown fat is brown because it's beige fat, actually, because it's rich in mitochondria. Mitochondria are the powerhouse of your cell. And so what they do, the brown fat acts like a furnace. So it actually metabolically uh, starts heating your body up and it actually consumes white fat. So people are going to be using cold plunges in the future for weight losses. That's that weight loss. That's not the reason why we want people to do it. That's a nice ancillary byproduct. But in essence, every single portion of our brand is based on these on these on these components of hormetic stress mm -hmm. that allow again your mind your body to adapt grow become stronger uh, have all these adaptive principles whether it's heat heat is the same thing heat is heat the sauna would be a trillion dollar pill if you could put it into a pill form it would be the biggest pharmaceutical company on the planet the health benefits are crazy um sauna just so you know is a passive way of doing exercise modern intense exercise um it, it reduces uh heart disease uh you know i'm not going to go through the science with you because it'll take too long but at the end of the day everything heat is a stress cold is a stress breath work is a stress the breath holds as you know are very interesting that won a nobel prize that's why we incorporate it in between every round won a nobel prize in terms of its health benefits causes something called neural and respiratory plasticity um, and so that's what getting in shape is getting comfortable with CO2. That's why we do it. So yeah, at the end of the day, dude, we're building this tribe and we're just so super grateful, um, that you're part of it. And, and, uh, I was just, uh, just super honored to, you know, when you told me your story, um, yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was, I was excited to, to kind of be on here and, and have this chat with you. And I'm sorry, I hijacked the whole damn thing. I don't think I paused one time. I, I wanted you to take the wheel, man. Take the take the whole episode. That's what I wanted because oh god, it sucks because listen, I never let anyone get in edge word in edgewise. And the reason why is obviously I'm not just passionate about the brand. I I, I know the benefits of it, and I uh, it's it's hard to stop once you once you get me going. So um, yeah. Anyways, well, in conclusion, in conclusion, I want to say this. I, I want to tell you how much you've inspired me too. You know, what you're doing is you're you're bettering people's lives and their health right? That's what you're doing. You're making a positive impact on people. And that's what, I, that's what I want to do with my platform. I want to be able to help people not only share inspiring stories, but focus on mental health. And these are all the best things for you 
to become the best version of yourself, right? And I do feel with confidence that I am the best version of myself today. This is my new passion. This is my passion is bettering my well-being each and every day. And these past couple of months of doing the cold plunging, the breath work, the yoga, all of that has bettered my life. And I am I am forever grateful for you, my friend. Thank you. You've been a blessing to me. And um, I think this is going to move some people. And I think people will actually go out and do it. Get out of your comfort zone. Don't fear the outcome. Don't fear what people think and go fucking do it. Tyler and CG have your back. I want to mention one more thing. You do have your studio in Carlsbad, California, the San Diego area. Yes. You guys got to go check it out. If you live in SoCal, go check out Breed Degrees online. You can go on. You can book a class. He teaches classes, the breath work and the cold plunge. You can go in and see Tyler, meet him. Uh, and let them know, let the people know that CG sent you. Um, and also, I mean, if you can't have access to SoCal being here, turn on that cold shower. Well, listen, right? I can, I can tell you this. Uh, there's a couple things that a lot of people are following whim and what we've done with the breath work, just so you know, as you know, um, we, what, what we saw to be a more, uh, to get people more actively engaged. I brought up this Pink Floyd thing the first time I breathed with Pink Floyd, because I said, oh my God, there's, you can do this to cool music. We've created obviously a super cool protocol um, with music, right? The music is really, really super experiential. It's not music that you would consider to be breathwork based music. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, no, it's it gets me. It's like you want to like start like dancing and jacked up, and <laughs> it's 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 kind of crazy, right? And so yeah. so it becomes almost like a uh, it, the music itself follows the experience, and it keeps you in in this really bass ridden music uh, that makes it a super super immersive thing. And if you're not in San Diego or SoCal, um, we do have an online platform. And if you're doing Wim Hof method already. Uh, go on to go on to our online. It's nice. It's, it's super cheap. It's like 19 bucks a month. We have all kinds of classes, uh, breathwork classes by all kinds of amazing instructors. Um, and you'll never go back to the traditional just deep in, letting go, deep in, letting go 30 times and following the same script over and over again. It's uh, it's it's really cool. So I would encourage you to uh, check out that. And we if you want, we could uh, add a discount code for your members and stuff like that. So. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you're in San Diego, come check us out, you guys. It's 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 the real deal, real community. If you haven't heard about us, there's a reason because we haven't marketed a stitch. It's all been by uh, word of mouth. The birds are flying around, and we're we're now in the midst of uh, opening a second studio in southern uh, southern San Diego. And if you're in LA or any other place, we're coming to a theater near you as well. So keep an eye out for us. I see it expanding. Make sure you go to breathedegrees.com and also follow them on Instagram by searching Breathe Degrees. Tyler. You are the fucking man. Thank you so much, man. This means a lot to me. Dude, love you, man. Love you too. See you in the studio next time. Hey, next time you come in, I'm plunging with you. I'm going to go a, in. I like it. it. Let's go. I'm going to push you a little bit. We're going to go a little longer. I'm going to be coaching you personally myself. So we'll, that we'll, we'll be talking to each other again through it. Okay, just like last brother. time. <laughs> you know, everyone, you know, my, let me say real quick. My first time, it was a little, it was a bit tough. You know, I wasn't used to it. But now I'm at the point where I can talk to you and, and, and distract myself, which I love. For sure. For right? sure. Yeah. All right, baby. Yeah. You keep pushing. Thanks for making a difference in this world. And uh, I'll see you soon. Hey, thank you for doing what you do, man. And stepping out of your comfort zone. You're doing it. I love it. Just what <laughs> I, w- I want good health, man. I want everyone to feel what we feel. Love it, man. Love Peace you, brother. Out, brother. Have Take a good care. afternoon. Take care. You too. Take care, brother. Bye-bye. All I was searching for was me. Oh, oh. oh.
Like wildflowers, oh, the demons are chained. 